Welcome back to the Blindside Rewind. I am one of your hosts, Jeremy Timmerman, joined as always by my buddy, Justin Baxley. Justin, what's going on, man? Been a busy, busy week, Jeremy. Um, you know, just st- like I said, staying busy, but got to relax a bit tonight, watch a little Survivor, and now I'm here to talk about it with you. How was your week, man? It's been good, man. You know, like you said, staying busy, you know, work is work, is work and the kids running all over the place and... Um, just trying to trying to stay ahead of the game and uh, watch some college football this weekend. Weekend for that. Watched our Braves clinch the division. That was pretty sweet. So, yeah, I mean it, that was big. You know what else is pretty sweet? The game of Survivor. Very subtle, simple segue. Just a simple segue. Just a, Just a simple- subtle, like the subtle tastes of of oak in your favorite wine. You know, yeah, sure. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta let, let them tannins breathe. Gotta let them tannins breathe. But yes, I don't even. Know. Yeah, but anyway. yeah. Anyway, we'll we'll move on. We're not we're not wine connoisseurs. We're not sommeliers. We're not. Um, we're not. We can drink a beer. We I'll can give you that. Well, maybe not Jackson Stevens level of beer drinking, <laughs> and then going and starting a major league baseball game. But we can we 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 can handle some beer. Uh, Speaking yeah. of, no, I mean, there's no segue there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I got you guys. Anyway, uh, as you know, if you've listened to this podcast, if you have not listened to this podcast, we do really cool format where Jeremy and I go back and forth giving takeaways from the episode. We do a little fun thing at the end where we give best and worst edit, and we're going to continue on with our little winner pick uh, extravaganza that allows us to go – the points go towards uh, our fantasy drafty draft game that we Jeremy and I keep up with. Uh, we locked in two winner picks at, after the first episode, uh, the way that it's structured. Um, if you stay with those two winner picks for the entire season, um, you get five points if you're right. Uh, if you change it, it goes down to four, three, two, and one, and so on. Uh, you don't lose points, but you know, until you get to zero. Um, so, uh, we'll start tonight, though, with with my takeaway, my first takeaway. Uh, Gabler turned it around tonight with a savvy little move uh, that really surprised me. Um, so last week, if you listen to our episode, we gave Gabler a really hard time, uh, really through the first couple episodes. Um, he has not played a very good game. Um, he struggled both socially and strategically. Um, he had the moment in the, I think it was the first episode where he threatened to not only not play his idol, but to play a shot in the dark and let fate decide if he was going to go home or not. Cause he just thought he let his tribe down and that should be his punishment would be letting fate decide if he stays. So tonight, this is our third episode um, of, of survivor and the and which means there's been two tribal councils. Well, a big part of what we discussed the last couple episodes is when does Gabler's advantage expire? Is it after one tribal council or two tribal council or not one tribal two tribal councils or two tribal councils that he personally attends? Um, and that's a big key because he has his idol. Uh, if it's two tribals, that means it's already dead. If it's two tribals that he attends, that means 
first episode, our first episode, he's got one that he didn't have to use it on, which means the next time he goes to travel, it's either he uses it or it's dead. Well, is Ellie, I think that's her name. Ellie um, has decided that she's going to try to trick Gabler into believing that his idol is dead. But word gets back to old Gabler. Because Sammy, if I'm not mistaken, Sammy goes to him and tells him, hey, you're getting played, my guy. And Gabler's like, instead of, and this is the part to me that was the best part of the move, instead of getting upset and confronting, because, like, a lot of times in Survivor, something like this happens, you get a piece of information like that, you take it to your ally, or the person you think is your ally, you take it to them, tell them, hey, Sammy just told me this, and it torpedoes Sammy's game, and it puts you in an even worse position. Gabler takes the info and says, I'm going to play along. I'm going to make her believe that she has successfully convinced me that my idol is dead so that they don't have to worry about this idol going into tribal and I can blindside her whenever that may come. Jeremy, I don't know about you, but that is a very smart and savvy move. Oh, it really was. And they set us up. They took us on a little ride with Gabler. Um, because the opening of, of our experience with him tonight is that he's not doing well physically either. You talked about him struggling strategically and socially, and and he he's struggling physically, That's and not true, like yeah. in competitions, but just not feeling well and couldn't sleep in the camp. So he slept out on the beach, and then he's just having a hard time. Um, and that kind of starts the conversation about his idol, that you know, he's not doing well and he needs to go, but we need to make sure that he doesn't think his idol is um, – is still a live idol, and that's what kickstarts that whole thing. Um, so I go from thinking, "Oh, Gabler's dead in the water," because clearly, like he's already done this weird, like uh, the the thing you mentioned with saying he's going to play a shot in the dark. He's already done that, so it seems like a, he seems like a guy who might be easily manipulated um, by somebody like Ellie. So I was like, "Oh no, oh poor Gabler. He's gonna he's gonna get blindsided. They're gonna convince him, and then it doesn't work because Sammy goes to it." Um, which was a, which I think was a risk. Um, Sammy went in hard on. I'm going to work with the men. I'm not going to work with Ellie and Janine. Um, to me, it would have seemed like the easiest thing there would just be kind of go along with them. I'm not saying you have to be a part of their plan. You know, you don't have to take an active role, but just kind of go along with them and see where it goes. Uh, but to, it worked out for his favor so far. Sammy instead said, "No, I'm a Gabler guy." And I'm going to go tell Gabler what they're doing, and I'm going to strengthen that bond. Um, but, man, when, when Gabler flipped it, I was so impressed with the way he played that. Um, mm-hmm. But that kind of segues into my first takeaway. So um, it, it'll continue the conversation, is that we saw some very – it, it kind of relates to the self-awareness that we talked about last week, but – just some very it was it was almost like the a pendulum swing back to the old school a couple of times tonight where you had Gabler that instead of running like you said running right back to Ellie mm-hmm. and saying hey Sammy tells me that you did this and, and creating this thing where now Ellie's gameplay is sunk because she can't do the move she wants to do so her allies are turning on her and Sammy's dead in the water because he turned his back on Ellie and Gabler's still dead in the water because now he's a live wire and he's dangerous like 
he could have blown up that whole tribe and blown up everybody's game. But no, he played it smart to where that he is still in complete control because he knows he's in control. He knows he has that idol that he can use the next time they go to tribal council. They've Survivor has done him a solid and taken the thinking out of it. He's definitely going to use it next time. And for the love of Pete, there's only five of you left. Use it on yourself. Um, I cannot imagine a circumstance where I would use in such a small tribe where I would use that idol on somebody else. I'm using it on me. Um, but yeah, well, I mean, unless you figure out that the votes are going on somebody and you know, they're not going on you. Like there, there is a, there's a scenario there where you can do it, but like, it's it's not likely, it's not likely though, because if everybody else, all right. So what's, uh, what's the circumstance where you would use it on somebody else? If you think all three of, if you think three votes are going on Sammy, for instance, all right. So you nullify yeah. the thing. I mean, I guess you just got to, if you really believe that all three are going on Sammy and you and Sammy are voting for the same person, you, you could use it there, but all it takes is, is you being wrong by one or two votes and you're screwed. Um, right. Well, I mean, and it would have to be one of those where, you go into it, you make that move and you just have to accept like, this is a big move and it could work for me or I could be going home. I don't think it's worth risking this early. Like, let me say that now. Like, I don't think I could do that. I, so let me like, but I think there's a scenario where someone like a Gabler big brains it and decides if I save Sammy here, that's a big resume builder. Um, I don't think I'm going home. I can send Ellie home and get myself into a really good position heading to the merge because now I've proven my loyalty to Sammy. Like, like he's the kind of guy I think that could big brain himself into using it on someone else. I think he could. I would not. I'm using it on myself and keeping it moving because I just don't think that anything you do there is going to be a big part of your resume. I, I, the, the, the biggest part of the, the biggest resume move there is if you play your idol and it happens to be that all the votes are are on you. So I'm going to be real quiet about it. I'm going to hold on to that idol. I'm not going to talk about whether I'm playing it or not. I'm just going to play it out, let it play out, and see if everybody, and, and best case scenario, I allow people to think they have uh, calmed my fears. And Well, that's what I say. It's almost better if you can try to convince them to put all the votes on you. Yeah, like get, get, get some votes on yourself. You know, if you hear anybody trying to say, no, I think you're safe. Yeah, you're probably right. I think I'm probably safe. What if I use, I bet, you know what? I'm really close with Sammy. I I could just play it on Sammy and protect both of us because I think I'm safe. Play it on Sammy and let somebody think now's the time to get him out. But you know what I would do though, Jeremy? Like I would, I would almost go the opposite direction instead of telling them people that like you're going to play it for Sammy. Ellie's the person that you're trying to convince that you're close to. I'd convince people you're going to play it for Ellie. Well, I see. I don't know. I mean, that would work too. But like in this scenario, Ellie is safe. So. Right. But like, I guess, I guess what I'm saying is, is like you go, like Gabler goes to Ellie and tells Ellie, Hey, I, I think, I think you might be the one that's going home tonight. I'm going to play my idol for you tonight. I just want you to know that you're safe. Like I'm going to, and like, remember in this scenario, you don't have to worry about Ellie going to jury, which is a huge advantage. Like you don't have to worry that she's going to vote, vote, 
whether or not you're going to win. So you can afford to play a little more cutthroat here. So you can say, yeah, like, look, they're, they're throwing your name out. I just don't trust it. I'm going to play my idol for you because I like, this is the, this is the connection that I want to play out for the rest of the game. Ellie hears that and she goes, Oh, not only is Gabler going to save me, but I'm going to be able to vote Gabler out. Like that's going to, her face is going to light up. Like yeah. that's, she's the kind of player that you just instantly have to think like, as soon as she hears that, she's not going to take it at, she's going to take it at face value and say, all right, I'm sending Gabler home after he, cause she's going to look at that as this is her big resume move. I convinced somebody to play their idol for me and then I voted them out. She's going to go into the tribal thinking that's exactly what's about to happen. Gabler's going to stand up to go play his idol. He's going to play it on himself, nullify the votes against him, and send her home. That's the kind of move that yeah. you can make with this idol that would right. and actually this- build a resume. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that, that's the kind of thing you could do with it. But Gabler set himself up to do that by, by just playing it cool. Like everybody's out there lying to each other. So, like, there's no reason to get upset that somebody's lying and blow up. There's just not. Especially in these small tribe settings where, like, you could have to go to tribal twice. And if you blow up everybody's game on purpose, yeah, you got an idol for this time. You know, like, you got an idol for this time. Right. But if you've blown everybody's game up, if you've blown Sammy's game up, and you ruined uh, what Janine and who's the other person and Owen were trying to do, and you've really just and on top of that, you know, you're not physically feeling well. This is it all adds up to where like yes, you get Ellie out at five, or you, you get Ellie out uh, at your next tribal. But if you go back to tribal with those three people and it's still a tribal four, you're probably going home. So I think he's played it now in a way where whatever he does is going to be respect, respected because it looks like a good move. The other time that we saw tonight was when Noel came back from the um, little conference, they're called the summit, and she and Owen and James had refreshingly worked it out to where um, she was going to risk it and they were going to not risk it, and she was the one who needed the advantage more than them. Um and so there we go. She's the one going to tribal. She's the one who needs the advantage. She gets it. She comes back. She doesn't tell anybody. Um, I mm-hmm. thought that she might have played it a little too hard when she was like, you can check me here. I'll take my shirt off. You can check me anywhere. Anytime somebody does that, that's I, I, no, I don't want to check you, but I'm also assuming that you have it somewhere. Like, that's only a thing that you do if you're trying to convince somebody of something. The only the only thing though is, is 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 was it Dwight that did the same thing and he genuinely didn't have it? Yeah, but like <laughs> I'm gonna assume I'm gonna assume you have it when you do that. Like I would have assumed it with Dwight. Like I'm gonna assume you got it. Um, just play it cool. Just come back and be like, hey man, uh, this is what happened. Especially in this season because the summits were a part of 41 and 42, like a regular part of 41 and 42. So like we all know there's a possibility there's an advantage. Like everybody knows the score. Just come back and say, hey, there was a risk thing. Um, I just decided not to risk it. You know, we're going to tribal. They weren't like as much as it made sense for her to say, um, I need the advantage. I would like to risk it. Who else is with me? The other, the other side of that decision would have also been true. Hey guys, I'm going to tribal. You guys aren't, I'd rather not risk my vote. I just don't want to risk my vote. 
at, it's the most important thing for me tonight is my vote. Um, so I'm going to let you guys decide what you want to do, but I want you to know that I'm not risking it so your odds at least get a little better. So she could have come back and said that, like, hey, I knew we were going to tribal. I knew that, like, my vote was going to be valuable for – I wanted to be able to work with each of you guys. I wanted to be able to work something out. And I just I, – I didn't want to risk my vote. And that makes sense. So I that was the part where she kind of lost me a little bit, where it's like, okay, you're selling a little hard. Um, but everybody else seemed to buy it, that she was – she made the decision. She said in a confessional that she – has seen a new school survivor and everybody always screams. Everybody home is always like, stop talking so much. Stop telling everybody about your advantages. And she didn't. She just told Dwight, which was a big connection for her to make. Like it ended up saving her skin in the game um, by making that connection of an, of an alliance with Dwight. So that was my kind of takeaway was that it, we, we've, we've kind of seen a little bit of a pendulum swing back to that more old school secretive survivor. And I liked it a lot. Yeah, I like that too. I thought that <clears throat> I thought she played that well, um, and I think it goes back to something we talked about last week. They've got the knowledge of the last two seasons on their side, so like they know going up to that little platform exactly what the choice in front of them is. And she knew to kind of tell them, "Hey, I'm desperately in need of an advantage because not only am I not safe, but like." I probably need something that's either going to keep me immune or allows me to do something to impact the game. Um, Because not only am I safe, but not safe, but I'm worried that I might also be in the minority. Because the thing is, it's like keeping your vote to lose 3-2 doesn't really do you any good. So, like, not only, like, (laughs) she knew going into that, that, that session or whatever you went to the summit, she knew that she not only needed to keep her vote, but she also needed to get something to feel like she had a fighting chance because she didn't trust Jesse. Right. And so, which is smart. Like a lot of time. And I think to some degree, because of how she played it, of like, Oh, you can search me. I do think they thought she had something. And I think because of that, they pivoted their target. Because I was sure it was going to be either her or Jesse. Like, by the time we got to trouble, I really thought it was between those two. And I did not expect it to be NECA. And maybe I missed something in in watching it where I should have been like, oh, it's between Jesse and NECA. But after watching it, I'm like, well, I mean, it's either Jesse or Noel. And, you know, I think she's going to use that steal of vote. And there goes Jesse. No, I, I, I felt like it was going to be NECA. But I felt, but I felt like it was going to be Neca because she was going to steal Jesse's vote, and it was going to be her vote, Dwight's vote, and Jesse's vote that they stole, voting out Neca. That's what that's what I thought it was going to be. I thought it was essentially going to be the three amigos over there, Jesse, Cody, and Neca, voting against Dwight and. Uh, Dwight and Noel, but that yeah. Dwight and Noel had that steal a vote in, in their pocket, and that they, and that 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 was how they were going to send Neca home. That's what I assumed was going to happen. So it surprised me when she didn't play it, and it still went her way. That surprised me. Okay, yeah, I mean, I, I could see that. I just, I really thought it was down to Noel and, and and Jesse. I don't know why that edit. I may and again, maybe I overlooked something. In the edit, but I really that like that that was the showdown they were kind of setting up. 
was she didn't trust Jesse anymore. It was it was her time to kind of take him out. She was done working with it or whatever it was. I, I just thought that was kind of the battle they were setting up. I didn't expect it to go the way it went. And I guess to some degree it, it went that way, and, and, but it didn't go that way because of how you thought it was going to go. So um, it just a really – Right, you know, interesting way of playing that uh, scenario, and a lot of it, I think, comes down to they knew it from the last two seasons. Like, I, I just, I can't overstate that point enough. Is that a lot of it, a lot of gameplay that we're seeing this season is based on that. And so, I'll, I'll kick it over to my next uh, takeaway, if you don't mind. Um, and ahead. it is, is it, it's Carla. She decides initially to not pick up, like she picks up the beware advantage and puts it back. And a lot of that goes back to the exact same thing I was talking about there. They've seen the last two seasons. They know what these things are. It, it, and and it's, it, I love it because it's a fresh, it's, you know, you talked about going back to like an old school survivor. This was very fresh survivor because it's almost like when the, the first immunity idol was introduced into the game. Um, or Russell being the first to go find the hidden immunity idol instead of waiting for clues. Like this felt like one of those moments where you're like, you're getting to watch new strategy play out because they understand what these things are. It wasn't like last year where they just picked it up because, well, I don't know what it is. Might as well pick it up and keep it moving because I don't know what the consequences are. This year they know the consequences. They know that like putting it back is an option. And that might be the best option. Of course, she ends up dwelling on it for a little while and going back and getting it, making it happen. Makes a great move. Um, did a really great job of convincing all of her tribe mates. And I love the way that part was edited too, because it was it showed her going to each individual and finding a crack in what would make them give up their individual bead. Instead of like last week, where Cody and company kind of bullied everybody into giving him beads. This was the opposite of that. It was she looked for cracks in each individual person and was able to get their beads. So I just thought that the edit was really strong for Carla tonight, and we got to really see the impact of the last two seasons on the game in two different situations, um, which I thought was great. Yeah, and, and I think they found a way, like, one, I think the fact that they've seen the last two seasons – makes me like I like the beware advantages now better than I did in 41 and 42. They felt unfair to me because yes it said beware but like there was nothing like that ever in the history of Survivor before that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like there was never a situation where um to get there was the one with Jamal where but uh Remember the thing, the hanging around from the tree, and he grabbed yeah, it? Yeah, there, there was that, and, and even that was unfair. But um, I it guess was. there there was never a situation where you could lose, like, six votes. You know, like, you could you could lose, or maybe not six, but you were losing your vote until the merge, potentially, based on somebody else's actions. Like, that was the part that always struck me as unfair. Like, what if the other two tribes don't find it? <laughs> you know, like, what if... What if they don't find it or sends it and puts it back? Um, like, I could see with the way some of these people are about their tribes, I could see one of these people 
finding the beware advantage, putting it back, and coming back and saying, all right, listen, guys. Um, I found the idol. I was out looking. I think some of you were too. Um, I found it. But I wanted everybody to be on equal footing. And no, I'm not going to tell you. know, I'm not going to say where it is. But it's it's a it's different this time. You know, it's it's different. And if you pick it up, it comes with a price. And I can't think of any other price other than losing your vote. So just know the idol's out there. And if you find it, you're going to lose your vote. I could see one of these crazy lunatic modern survivor people doing that mm -hmm. and an entire tribe just deciding, no, we're not picking it up. And if that happens, whoever found the beware yeah. advantage doesn't have their vote until the merge. And to me, that's just not even good television at that point. So, so by a couple of factors, one in how they change right. the mechanic of the beware advantage and two, the fact that we, um, the players know what the cost probably is. It takes away some of the surprise of the Beware Advantage yep. in-game, but I think it creates a more fair experience. I think it I like the advantage better when Carla knows, like, yeah, if I pick this up, I've got a task to complete, and if I don't complete that task, I'm going to lose my vote. She knows that, and, she, and I, even though I know the surprise element was supposed to be a part of that, of that mechanic, I like that it's not anymore. I still think there is a little bit of surprise there, Jeremy. Like, I, you know, because we don't know what the task is. And in this case, the task is something they actually have control over. Um, versus last year, like you said, you just kind of had to sit and wait and hope that somebody yelled about AstroTurf goats. Like, I, I, I said yeah. that last week in our episode. I hated that mechanic of it because you have no control. This time, there is control over it. But it's still done in a way, like with Cody, where they can still do that flashback editing and say, this is how he got it and was able to save his vote. Like, they're still able to do the same things that they did last year with the Beware Advantage and the editing and how they can set it up. And there's still the the like the gap in whether or not that person's going to get to keep their vote or not. They can still have that element of surprise for you without being solely dependent upon the other two people having it. And the other thing is, you don't know, like, before you knew where all the advantages were. So it made it a right. lot less, like, especially like Liana's advantage that she got, the knowledge is power or whatever. Like, that particular advantage was cooked from the get-go because it wasn't fair that she knew where everybody's idols were. Right. Like, it wasn't like she had to do anything to figure out that Xander had an idol. They right. all had a magical phrase right. that they all said she knew where all three idols were at the minute that she picked up that advantage. And when you couple it with the, with the tiny tribes, like, that's part of the reason why everybody feels like they have to tell you when you have an advantage or when you lose your vote or all that stuff because so many of these advantages are costing people a vote. And so they have to tell, like, hey, I, I don't have a vote, guys. Everybody's going to be asking me about my vote because there's only five of us. And I don't have one. Um, it, it, it just it, it was not great balance in the last two seasons. So far this season, the way the advantages play, the way the advantages work are pretty well balanced, except for one. Um, yeah. This wasn't going to be my next takeaway. 
Was it my turn to do a takeaway? I don't even know if it is. Okay. I, for some reason, I thought it was, it it was your it is. Um, nope. <laughs> I'm, I'm great at this, by the way. Uh, so, uh, the one advantage, this wasn't going to be my next one, but it is now. I think steal a vote when there's only five people in a tribe is incredibly overpowered, especially for how she got it. Going mm. to a summit, game a chance, like it's not, I don't know. It, it just felt like when I realized that, like, essentially, if you have one ally, you can win the vote. Yeah. That's just a little bit too overpowered for me for this early in the game. Um, that's something you want to give somebody at final six or seven a steal of vote where it's really overpowered. That person has had to survive two-thirds of the game already. Um, they've had to survive tribal phase, maybe a tribe swap. They've had to survive the merge. They've had to survive rounds of individual immunity and all this stuff. Yeah, okay, go ahead and give them a steal of vote at final six. I'll take that. But steal a vote in a five in, in when there are five people left in a six-person tribe after two tribal councils, that's just a lot. I don't I, I would feel a little hinky if I had to go home because like yeah. This person went and said, hey, I'm on the bottom. Can I have an advantage? And the other two said, sure, you can. Especially considering only one of them, when they went to the summit, they knew that she was the only one going to tribal council that night. Right. So she was she was at an advantage to get an advantage. And then she got an overpowered advantage. I think I would have felt a little better about it if they went to the summit before the immunity challenge where none of them know if they're going to tribal counselor or not. So they really are a little bit more guarded. I, it, when I, when I, when I realized that she was coming back to camp and all she had to do was talk to Dwight, I liked the way she played it. I respect the way she played it. She played it very smartly. She played it old school. I liked it, but it was a little bit overpowered for me. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I think it was just it, it's a situation where it, you she's not she didn't use it tonight, right? Like as far as we know, I mean, I don't think she used it. Unless, she didn't. It was it was a four one vote. So she didn't use it, but and you hope that the goal for her now is I'm going to try to save this to the merge, and then use it either to keep her tribe current tribe safe, or she's going to link up with those two that gave her the advantage and they're going to, they're going to use it to keep, to get someone else out. Like the goal now is to hold on to that steal of vote till, till there's like a truly and genuinely pivotal point in the game. But you're right. She could have played it tonight just to be safe. Like, and she would have been safe. It has the exact same power as an immunity idol at this point in a, in a tribe of five. The difference is she takes away somebody's power completely and she doesn't do anything for it. Like she didn't like, she, like you said, they, they knew all those factors were in play. If they had to go to a tribal, like if they had to, to go to immunity an immunity challenge after that, all three of those people are sitting there going like arguing their case for why they should be the one to get the, the advantage, or they all just say, "Yeah, we can't afford. We can't afford to risk it. Let's just let's all, you know, flip, you know let's all just not play." And I and I did respect the way she the way she did it. 
because she she established tried to establish bonds on the way up before they even saw what it was. Uh, she was talking about, hey, you know, hey, let's if you guys will do me a solid, I'll do you a solid. You know, help me get to the merge, and you're looking at three right here. I'm on the bottom. You know, she played it well. She explained her case. She was the first to speak up and say, hey, I need it. I'm going to tribal council tonight, and I'm on the bottom. And she had already primed the pump for that because she had told them how tribal went down last time. You know, she really felt like she was on the bottom. So she played it well, but I don't know that she had to convince them that much to get the advantage. Um, right. Unless they're just looking to be villains, which the last couple seasons, we really haven't seen anybody who was just looking to be a villain other than maybe Sydney. Like, yeah, she didn't count. She just didn't want to be point, there. Um, if she goes, it, all she would have to do is go up to the top and say, "Listen, I'm the one going to travel tonight. I could, I need the advantage. Uh, if if I can, I'll help you later." That's all she had to say, and she was going to get the advantage. So it it just felt a little overpowered. Now I'm glad it did. I'm glad that's not the reason Neko went home. I'm glad yeah. that I'm glad that her and Dwight yeah, think- actually convinced the others to go along um, and save that that steal a vote for later. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that it, it's one of those. It's it's a very thin line between making it interesting. Like I'm glad it wasn't, uh, you know, a knowledge is power or something like that. But like I'm also glad that like this didn't send somebody home. Like I really think the fairest thing to to have done there was make make it the same prize that the last person at the summit got. Like I just think all the summits at least pre-merge should have the same reward. Yeah. Um, which was, I guess, the two, 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 two tribal immunities, right? Yeah. Um, I, I just think that would have been the fairest way of doing it. Um, well, because the other thing about immunity is it doesn't guarantee who else is going home. It just guarantees that you're not. You still, right, you still have to... That's what I'm saying. Like, she, she basically guaranteed immunity for herself by getting the steel of a... Plus, she doesn't have... like. Plus, she gets to pretty much decide who does go home. Yeah. Yeah, whereas in immunity, you still have to do the work to make sure the right person's going home. Um, because what happens all the time is we see somebody, they, they have an idol or they want to play an idol, and then the conversation shifts from them and whether they realize it or not, and their ally goes home because they still they didn't do the work to be like, to make sure that the votes were on them so that their votes could be the ones that sent the person home. This, I mean... If she had decided tonight, she could have had uh, Cody and Jesse come up to her and straight up say, hey, listen, uh, we just wanted you to know, like, you're the vote tonight. And she could have flipped it and made it to where anybody she wanted to was going home. Um, so I, I just didn't like that, that advantage. Yeah, it, it's not great. Again, I wouldn't mind it so much later in the game. But right there with that small tribe. And, like, if we were at two tribes right now, I'd be okay with it. You know what I mean? Like, it's because of the small tribes that I hate it. Well, and that goes to uh, something that's an even bigger issue. I, I And, and we'll, we will probably discuss this in, in, like, its own episode later. I don't like the tree, the, the three tribes of six start out. I, I don't I don't enjoy that. It's not fun. I, I, yeah, I'm not, I'm not a big fan. Um, I guess this will probably be my last takeaway. Um, I feel less sure of a front runner after tonight. <laughs> um, 
again, this felt like another pretty balanced episode of editing to me. I don't know how you feel on that, but it, it felt very balanced. Like each tribe got a little bit tonight. Um, you know, obviously the, the tribe that goes to trouble is going to get more time, but I thought they did a really good job of focusing on the other tribes too. Um, and because of that, it's hard to get a read on who might be like through the first couple episodes, I thought Cody was a, was pretty much locked in as my front runner tonight. Muddied the waters a little bit, you know, like even he, even though he was on the tribe that was going to tribal, he felt less like a main character tonight. He did that man. And, and that's kind of the takeaway is that through the first couple episodes, we thought we were getting a main character in Cody and it felt very throttled down tonight, but it did so in an episode where he probably should have been a prominent figure, right? Like yeah. that tribal. But again, it felt more centered around Noel and Jesse. And um, even on the other tribe, like we got that great moment from Carla. And then in the other tribe, we got the great moment from Gabler. And like it really felt very evenly distributed across not just like people, but like tribes, like, and, and sometimes that's really hard to do pre-merge with three tribes. And they did a really good job tonight of giving us a very even edit across all three, despite knowing you've got to spend more time on this one tribe because of their tribal and this other tribe who found the advantage. And then we got the story of, of Gabler. Like we just got a lot of really good storylines tonight out of this episode. Yeah, and I I do still think the main character edit was sort of there for Cody. Um, they they I think in the interest of an even edit, they they probably didn't want to focus on him too much. But if you notice, after Neca went home, Neca's his main ally. He did not want to vote her out, but he also recognized that for two challenges in a row, she was the reason they left. That somebody had to go. He defended her the first time. He used his you know he used his persuasive abilities to, to keep her on the island the first time, but he just realized that the second time he couldn't. And after she got voted out, we got to see a lot of Cody's face. The camera focused on Cody's face a lot and the reaction of he did not want her to go. That was not what he wanted to do. He voted that way because he knew it was right for his tribe and he knew if the other three were going to do it anyway, there was no reason for him not to. Um, it doesn't help him. She's not a jury member. Uh, he's better suited going along with the rest of the tribe and, and, and showing that he can be a, a team player. But I thought it was interesting that they did not make him a main character throughout the edit, but he was a main character in the reaction shots. Um, I'm just really worried now because of that advantage that Cody's going to go home on something really stupid. It's possible. <laughs> it's possible. Like, I think like we could be getting set up for – Cody gets taken out by Noel in this advantage and they made him such a prominent figure through the first few episodes so that when he gets taken out, it feels like a big move. That's possible. That's certainly possible. Um, and I'll go ahead and, and this transitions to my, you, boy, we have really been in sync tonight for, for people who don't plan this at all. Um, that kind of settles into my final takeaway is that I really think Vessi missed an opportunity tonight. Um, because it's small tribes. There's only going to be four of you left. 
Um, everyone recognizes that NECA is the weak link. So after tonight, uh, one of two things will happen. You either probably, with the way these tribes generally go, you're either probably not going to come back to tribal, or when you do, that's going to be the last time. <laughs> you know, uh, they're not going to let you get below three usually. Usually, it happens. Uh, they did it to the green tribe in 41. But usually when somebody gets down to three, things start to shake up. Um, so, I say, that's a very convoluted way of getting to where I'm getting, but whoever you could stand to vote someone else out tonight and then if you come back to tribal just vote neck out because if you come back to tribal you can pretty safely assume that it will be because of her she's cost you in two challenges for two different reasons the first time it was because she was physically slow she also didn't do well on the puzzle but she was physically slow this time it was because she didn't do well on the puzzle and everybody knows that she recognized that it was an accepted fact um, so you can always vote her out later. But you had this moment where everybody in that tribe kind of missed an obvious solution. Um, Noel and Dwight thought that Noel was the vote, right? We know that. That's pretty well accepted. So they weren't even thinking about needing to protect Dwight. Go along with them on, and tell tell Noel, yeah, sure, we're, we're going to vote Neko. But on the the... the what we thought was an alliance of three, Jesse and Cody really don't want to vote for NECA. They, they kind of want to vote for Noel. They don't really want to vote out NECA. NECA doesn't really want to vote out Noel, which I think probably helps create hesitancy. I think if she had just been willing, yeah, let's get Noel out. She's the right vote. Here's why. Boom. I think the fact that she was hesitant to vote out Noel kind of planted the seed with Jesse that maybe she is the person who needs to go. Right. If those three just decide to vote Dwight, because nobody seems to be particularly attached to Dwight. Right? No. Like, I don't think so. The other two choices were Noel and, and NECA, and, and people had various reasons for not wanting to vote them out. Um, which goes to something I was curious about with, with Noel, how her how her disability was going to play in a setting like this and we saw it tonight where NECA talked about how inspirational Noelle is and she doesn't want to send her home because she's so inspirational well that's I mean what's she talking about there she's talking about the fact that Noelle because of her accident has lost her leg and she's she's fighting hard through that that issue but like that's going to be a factor for various reasons the entire time Yeah, it's not going to not be a what (laughs) I said until she goes home or she wins. Right. Like that's going to be a factor for the whole season. And so like I say all that to say like nobody seemed to be re- seems to be really attached to Dwight. Um, Jesse even talked about how like, yeah, we've had this rift. Me and Dwight, he's upset. But like it wasn't his vote. It was my vote. Right. He didn't have a vote. And he tried to dictate how you voted. <laughs> Why not just send him home? You know, like, why is he not getting drawing any fire? Maybe there's something that I don't know. But to me, it seemed like an obvious choice for those three to devote for Dwight, let Noel think she was the one that was in trouble, or don't let Noel think she's in trouble. Go along with her plan. Tell her, yeah, sure, we're we're uh, gung ho. We're voting Neca, just like you guys. We're voting Neca. She's the weakest link, and then vote out Neca. 
or and then vote out Dwight. And then you're down to four. You're down to Cody, uh, Jesse, Neca, and Noel. If you lose another one, you've got three people who are going to be willing to vote for Neca. Or the flip side of that, you got three people that are just going to vote Noel out. Right. And even if she uses her steal a vote, at that point, you don't know she's got to steal a vote. But at that point, worst she can do is make it 2 2. Right. And then what? Uh, revote and she goes home. Right. Or revote and she doesn't go home, right? Well, I guess she'd have to, right? Oh, yeah, she would. Yeah, yeah, she would. Because she wouldn't get to vote, and Cody and uh, Cody and Jesse would get to vote. Does the steal a vote work at that point? Like, if you steal somebody's vote, do they get to vote in the revote? I don't know. But it wouldn't matter because she would probably steal Jesse's vote. It, it, it's at at four, where it's those four. She would steal Jesse's. It would still be one zero on the vote. Right. It would be one zero. Cody's Cody gets to pick who goes home. He's going to send home the person he wanted to go home, which is yeah. Noel. Or he could. I guess he technically could make a big move. But well, no, I guess he couldn't vote Jesse out. No, he'd have to. He'd have to vote Necker or, or Noel, and he'd just vote Noel because oh, there's no reason not to at that point. Yeah. Like. And then you're down to a final three. Like you've crossed the point where you're really making your tribe stronger. Um, yeah. Your chance, really, your your chance to your best bet to get rid of the weak link is that very first one. Um, after you've missed that boat, if you've established that there's a weaker link, it's kind of like having a goat at the end. If you don't get rid of that goat person early, they become more and more enticing to keep around because that's somebody you can vote out later. Um, so I kind of think they could have played it that way tonight and just got rid of Dwight. Dwight seemed like the, the person that nobody's super attached to other than Noel. Just get rid of it. Right. And she doesn't – I don't think she's even attached to him enough to play her steal of it. No. We found that out. So And, and she obvi- she's made it obvious that she thinks she's in danger, so, like, they're never going to suspect, suspect Dwight. Um, so you just have to convince her that, that, you're, that you're not voting her. Right. Um, so now – what could have gotten interesting is if she and Dwight had thrown the votes on either Jesse or Cody. Yeah. And it would have been two, two, one. And they would have been the only ones like it would have been a two. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. That could have been real interesting. That could have gotten really interesting if they had, if, if some votes had flipped around and they had changed some things, but you know, but yeah, I, I agree with you. I think that Dwight was probably the right vote tonight. But I do think the season gets a little more interesting because you did you did take out a goat option, and if they come back again, unfortunately, I think that steal of is going to come into play and probably wreck somebody's game that shouldn't. Best and worst at it. Uh, do you want to go first? I will. Um, I'm going to steal an obvious one to make you pick another one because I loved Carla's at it so much. Yeah. That's a good one. I, I just loved it so much. I loved, I loved the, yeah, they took me on a ride. It was the same thing with, with Gabler. I, I was all in. I even tweeted about it at Blindside Rewind on Twitter that I was all in on Carla taking down that boy advantage and saying, no, I don't want to risk my vote. I don't want to not have a vote. I don't want to deal with that. There's a task attached that I just, I don't want to deal with that. I'm in a good position. I don't need to make my position worse. I don't 
really need to risk anything. I'm just going to put it back. And then when she talked to James and she decided to go back to get it, I was like, girl, what are you doing? Why would you do that? You were right. Leave it up there. It's trouble. And then the way she played it, the way she was able to get her, the, the individual, the, I did not know if anybody other than Cody, just because of his personality, would be able to get the specific bead that they needed. Like, that's what was, that's what was interesting to me is that a couple of the folks, she just got like all their beads. But more than that, she got the specific bead she wanted, like from Geo. And somehow these beads must have been made a bigger deal than we realized because she was like, oh, Geo really likes that bead in particular. I don't know how she knew that. Yeah, that, that was weird to me. Was right. like, there were a couple of them beads. And this little weirdo where... been sitting there talking about like, all of these beads are special to me. But this one, this one is my most special bead. That's a weird conversation for growing up right. to have. Like, I almost wonder if like production went and was like, hey, that bead right there. Might be a might be a big deal for you, big dog. I want to keep that's your lucky bead. Like, or, if, <laughs> or yeah. if maybe maybe um, it's also possible that you know they don't have a lot of possessions on the island. Obviously, maybe they're all just sitting around with their bags. But these are cool bags. I never noticed how cool these bags are. Did you notice these beads on there before? And then they got looking and like, oh, they're different. Oh, look, you got that little bead, and I got this little bead. This is cool. And then, like, from that conversation, he said, oh, I really like my bead. Yeah, and it's possible. It's possible. That was just a weird, that was a weird little Which thing. It goes back to, I kind of wish, like, if that's the case, I do wish there's an explainer of why these beads feel, like, way more valuable. Like, here to me, I think they could have maybe used, like, you know how the fire tokens were supposed to be of some value? Yeah. I wish the beads had some level of value. That, like... If you could somehow, like uh, some sort of bartering system, that if you you had yeah you had enough beads or something, you could exchange it with Jeff for like a cup of peanut butter or something. Yeah. Um, especially when we know like the the conditions are tougher for them because they're not getting as much food, and so like they each get a certain amount of beads to start the thing, and once we get to individual immunity, like they tell them that is basically like once you get to individual immunity these beads are going to mean something. So you may want to save those. And then when we get to individual immunities, you get a chance to buy things from Jeff, like food and whatever. And you like, if you win an individual immunity, you get three additional beads or something. Like to me, if you can make the beads worth something, it really makes this part where she's bartering to get them a lot more interesting. Well, it makes it more interesting, but I think it probably also makes it easier because, like, if then she can just, well, not easier, but she can, well, it is easier because her beads have the same value as their beads at that point. So all she can do is say, hey, I like the way that one looks better. Can we switch? They're going to go, yeah, sure. Well, but, but like, have each one of the, like, don't tell them, but just be like, some of the beads might be worth more. Like, the bigger ones could be worth five points or, you know, like something to make them like second guess whether they should give those beads up. And especially like she, there were some of them that were just giving her all the beads and she just got to pick, like make it to where like some of like, 
maybe tell them like each one of you has a special bead that represents more value than any of the others. It's up to you to decide what beads, if you trade or whatever, you may be trading a five, a five piece bead for a three piece bead and you don't even realize it. Like well, I, beads I, think are currency. I think the only problem with that is that makes this task even harder. And I don't think it makes it harder in a fun way. That's um, fair. I, I because just, because at you, that point, if you tell them they're worth different values, nobody's going to give them up. Yeah. Because there's there, there's no, there would be no reason, and th- there would be no reason for her to ask unless she has a reason to ask. Right. So, so, because, so yeah, because, right. The, because there's that economy, she's not just going to come ask you to switch beads unless, oh, you, at that point, it's going to tip them off. Oh, she's got some kind of task she's got to complete. She's going to get an advantage if she gets this bead. It immediately tips me off. Yeah. It would be crazy to ask for it. it right. If somebody had just walked up in season 40 and said, hey, you know what you want to do? Why don't we trade fire tokens? Nope, that's sketchy. That's sketchy. These these fire tokens have value. The fact that the beads had no real value is what makes that possible. Because she, You saw tonight, she's yeah. like, hey, I, I loved the storytelling tonight. Because she was like, hey, I know that he was talking about wanting turquoise stuff for his girlfriend. So I got this turquoise stuff I'm going to give them. And these girls, like, I've got these earrings that they kind of like. What if I just give them one of my earrings to remember me by? And they can give me a bead, and it has to be that bead in particular. And and just the way she was able to flex, like you said, and, and move through the different situations and get everything she needed was just a, a, a really cool bit of social gameplay. And it really, it didn't just set her up. Like we've seen some of those little side arcs um, for advantages that really just seem to be just that, just a side arc. But this really seemed to set her up as a long-term player in the game. Um, I And, and it, I really enjoyed it. So yeah. she's, she's my best at it. I think that's a really solid choice. Uh, like I said, I do I do wish the beads had something of value. It made me care more where it's not just she gets to collect these beads for people. Like I did a good job of storytelling, but I need to know why they why they mean something to Geo. I want to know why they mean something to to what's his face where he's like, nah, I won't do it. And then she has to go back and be like, uh, what if I give you this turquoise thing? Like I want to know why they care. Because even like, even if what this really is is exposing a little bit of like survivor uh, behind the scenes culture, because I think that's that maybe what this is is that like they all talk about this like it's pretty normal. I wonder if all of the casts like they keep their bags and they want their beads and they want this and they want that. Like all of these little trinkets that we see them you have on the island and and they're almost like a like a piece of the costume that we just don't even notice after a few episodes. To players, they're very valuable. Maybe that's the thing. Survivor knows that, so they know that getting these beads are going to be difficult. But because they don't really explain that, we're just like, why is Geo so attached to that one bead in particular? You are a grown man. Like, right. what is it? What is it about this one bead that that you got to have? Right, and like that, like, or if it's literally just as simple as uh, Geo, Geo is from a specific area. Like that really reminds him of home, you know. Something as simple as that would be would go a long way in the storytelling, where it's just like she, she Carla explains it to us is that you know Geo mentioned that like that particular beat right there is the one thing that's kind of keeping him going because it's really reminding him of home. He's been homesick. I know it's going to be tough to get that beat. If we even get that, that's enough for me to go. Oh, okay, yeah, that makes sense. Like. 
you got to give me something. So yeah, it, that part was weird. I still enjoyed the edit though. I, I enjoyed the edit. Uh, I won't, I won't hound them too much about it, but I do wish the beads were either worth something or they explain why they're worth something already to the individual folks. Um, but I'll go ahead and jump best edit for me. Gabler. I know that's probably easy and a slam dunk, but because we have been so hard on this dude for the last couple episodes where he, I want to say he got worst edit from one of us and maybe both of the episodes. Uh, he, or, or he just got piled on enough that we didn't even have to say that he was worst edit because he was, um, tonight really felt like this is a guy that if he makes it to the merge, he might be a player because they've shown us he could be a main character, something that this season lacks a little bit. Yeah. Uh, Gabler has like a personality similar to that of like a Brad, where like Brad got kind of overshadowed in his season. Not overshadowed, maybe that's the wrong word, but like there were other big personalities, especially on his tribe alone with Ricard and JD and Shan. That like Gabler is the Brad of the season if Brad had no other main characters around him, and if Brad was actually a savvy player, and if Brad was actually a savvy player, that goes a long way. Um, but no, like it's he's one of the few big personalities in any of the tribes that really stands out, and so tonight set him up not just as a big personality but potentially as a big player. And I think that's a key potentially going down the stretch. Yeah, I, I, I totally get that. Um, do you want to go first on worst edit as well? Um, yeah, I can go. I can go first on worst. Um, give me this one's tougher. This one's a lot tougher. Um, I guess I'll go with. Lindsay, um, and the reason I say that is not because she did anything wrong tonight, um, but truthfully, she's somebody that I picked as my winner. And after that really like solid first um, first episode, she's kind of gone to the back quite a bit over the last two, and I'm just worried that she's getting another one of those not necessarily completely faceless edits, but she's getting a very forgettable edit where like I can see her making the merge and then going home very early on after the merge or potentially getting a Heather, a similar edit to that of Heather where she makes it the final four, but is never really a true contender. And she's not getting the love that I thought she would after that first episode. Yeah, I can get that. Um, I'm going to cheat. I don't really think, that this is the worst edit of tonight. But I think they gave this person a bad edit to maybe set up bigger stuff down the road. So I'm going to point that out. Um, I think Ellie. Ellie had the worst edit tonight um, because she was set up to be... If Gabler is the best edit or a best edit because of what he did to Ellie, um, Ellie thought that she was outsmarting Gabler. She thought that she was out, that she was in control. And in doing that, she overextended herself 
played the fool to gameplay. Um, but like I said, I, I, I'm not even sure that, you know, it really cost her in the long run. I, I think she, she still bounced back. Um, but for tonight, she was made to look like, you know, Gabler and Sammy, two people that she vastly overestim- underestimated, kind of played her a little bit. And, and they saw her for what she was and played into it. And um, now, whether that costs her or not depends on a lot of things. It depends on when that next tribal is. You know, if they don't go, if, if they don't go back to tribal until after the merge, maybe it doesn't cost her at all. If they go back to tribal next week, it could cost her her game entirely. Um, by just choosing to lure Gabler in and try to make him look stupid, she has kind of made herself look dumb. Or, or, or look dumb is strong, but she she let herself get played. I think. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, Worst that it's probably strong for for both of the folks we name, um, but again, I think that speaks to how even the edit was tonight. That it is kind of hard to pick a true worst edit, but you're you're right. I mean, she's probably the one that stands out the most because she looked like a person who, unlike Lindsay, who just kind of has been shuffled to the back of the line, Ellie has been thrusted to the front, but not in a good way. Like she's center stage. For the wrong reasons um you know b- being a background dancer and you don't do anything wrong you're still the background dancer but ellie had like a, a a post malone night where she tripped and hurt her ribs you know like she was center stage and she fell flat on her face right uh, because she was trying to make a big move and, uh, and let me tell you if it works if that move works that is so savvy jeremy like if she's able to trick him, truthfully trick him into believing that his idol is dead and turns it into a quote-unquote fake idol and then proceeds to take him out, that's an all-time great survivor move. Yeah. But instead, one, Gabler already knew that he was his idol was fine. But two, he got tipped off that Ellie specifically, the person that he thought was his number one ally, was plotting to get rid of it. So it hurts Ellie on two different things. One, it hurts her in that her big move is now getting flipped on her. But two, somebody that she kind of had in her back pocket is now gunning for her. And she has no idea. And she has no idea. So it'll be it'll it'll be a very beautiful blindside if she's not careful, but it's gonna be in the other direction. And it's gonna uh, you know it's a it's a blindside backfire. Um, you know, and I just, I think you're right. I think that that edit, the more I think about it is very much worthy of a worst, a true worst edit. Yeah. And to, to stick to that tribe, this is just a non sequitur that we didn't get anywhere else in the episode. A friend of the show, Rick Devins tweeted tonight about Sammy. The only people who think or that think 27 plus folks see a difference between a 19 year old and a 22 year old are 19 year olds. <laughs> like it's so fascinating mm. to me. Rick said it more concisely, but it's just so fascinating to me how much Sammy thinks that lie matters. And it, and it doesn't, I don't think anyone older than like Rick said, well, I don't think anybody older than about 27 is going to go. 
Oh, well, he's 22. That's a man of the world. If he was 19, I wouldn't respect his opinion as much. Like, no, nobody's saying that. I'm gonna tell you, I'm 27, and that yeah, that doesn't that doesn't compute with me. Um, I, but also, I mean, maybe like a 23 year old is gonna go, hey, listen, you know, 22 year old, you know, you, you might have your stuff together, but 19, you're dumb. But like all these like actual adults, all these actual you know 30 year olds. If he had said he's 19, it's the same reaction as 22. If he was going to lie, he should have lied older. And it's funny to me how much he thinks that lie matters. If he goes up to 25 there instead of 22, he, he's definitely in a better better position of that lie. But it goes back to on this season, we've got two people that are lying about things that probably don't even need to be lied about. Right. you got Cody thinking that being an elevator salesman is somehow the same thing as being a lawyer, basically. And you don't want anybody to find out. And you got Sammy thinking that 19 and 22 is just a giant jump. And it's just not. I mean, I will say the, like, the only other thing I can think of is how old was Marianne? I think 21. So I guess there is maybe some difference in the a teenager's never one survivor. Somebody around that 21, 22 range has. And maybe that's the thought process is that teenagers automatically kind of get thrown out, especially when you get to the end game where you don't, you don't feel as good about giving a 19 year old a million dollars versus a 22 year old coming out of college. You may have a, you may feel a little bit more like, yeah, he's probably a little more responsible. He can, he can handle getting a million dollars. Excuse me. Marianne was 24. I thought she was 21. She was 24. I thought she was younger too. Um, but like, that's the, that's the only other thing I can think of is that you got some folks like Gabler that are sitting over there on that jury and he's, he's got, he's kind of got an old head vibe to him where he's like, yeah, dude, I can't give a 19 year old a million dollars. It's just not in my, it's not in my DNA to give a 19 year old that much money. I just, I'm I'm with Rick. I don't think that he's going to be like, man, but a 22 year old, I'd give him a million dollars. Like I, if you're going to lie a lot, I don't either. But and that's why I said I think you got to lie up a little bit more. Yeah, got to hit twenty five. Yeah, and it's still a weird lie to tell. I still think it's one that like at some point you're gonna you don't because you're not in control over how much you're gonna have to lie there. Lies like if you're gonna lie in Survivor, like with anything, but I wouldn't advise lying anywhere but Survivor. But if you're lying in Survivor, it's got to be something you're in control of. Like at least with Cody, he can control. Um when he reveals he can control not revealing that he's actually a salesman because it's not because if there are no other salesmen on the island it's not like they're going to be sitting there discussing sales techniques and he's going to accidentally reveal that he knows them but like what if there's like some big hours long pop culture discussion and people are talking about things that were from before you were born now it's going to have to be a specific window because if it was before a 19-year-old was born, it's not going to be something that a 22-year-old remembers either. But, like, you're not in control of when something will come up that you should be able to remember, you know, something that you were in, you should have been in middle school for and you absolutely would have remembered this movie coming out. But instead, you were in the fourth grade and you don't remember the movie coming out. You know what I mean? Like, there's just... It just seems like a lie that will be really hard to keep track of. So I didn't mean to sidetrack us for that long. Let's just, that tweet jumped out at me from Rick, and I thought it was really funny. 
Oh, no, it is. I, I think that you're spot on. Um, for me, it is is definitely one of those, like, it's similar to Cody's. No, no need to lie about it. Yeah. So our winner picks, I believe you had Lindsay and Cody. Is that correct? And correct. I had, I believe, Ellie and Owen, and I never went back and verified if that was a change or not. Um, right. I think it might have been. I think I had, I think I had uh, Ellie and Justine originally. Um, but she gone. Justine is obviously gone now. I'm going to stick with Ellie and Owen. I know I was ragging on Ellie a little bit, but I'm, I'm going to stick with her and I'm going to stick with Owen. What are, what are your feelings on Lindsay and Cody? I don't love it, but I'm going to stick with it. Well, I don't love mine either, but I also don't see anybody that I like better as a winner because of how well the season's edited. Um, I don't see if there was going to be somebody who I thought before tonight, I really wish I had picked it would have been Cody, but you know, he, he, I don't think he's in any better shape to win after the ninth than Owen is. So I'm, I'm, there's no reason not, not, there's no reason not to, not to stay. Yeah. And I think for me, it's, we've got that incentive of trying to get as many points as we can out of this. So no reason to change. (laughs) We don't have a slam dunk. Yeah, but I, I still think those four are in really good position. I would add uh, Carla as somebody that I'm looking at, um, and Gabler. Both of the both of those I, I'm really looking at as a potential winner down the line. Um, and for all the reasons that I said that they should have voted out Dwight, I'm wondering if he's somebody that goes really deep, and that's a part of why all those times that he should have been a target and he just wasn't. And then, in the end, that's that's a part of his case is all those times where, you know, right. he just flew under the radar when he shouldn't have been flying under the radar. So, anyway, good episode. I told you uh, when we were watching it, it, I really enjoyed this episode a lot. It was a heck of an episode. Uh, lots of action, lots of strategy, lots of gameplay. I, I enjoyed it from start to finish. Yeah, and I like that it was split across all three tribes. I didn't feel like that one tribe necessarily got more. I mean, you're always going to have a tribe that gets a little bit more, but it's only because they're going to tribal. But in terms of, like, across the edit, in terms of meaningful gameplay, I thought all three tribes got meaningful gameplay. And related to that, they showed us, and they don't always do this, but they showed they gave us reason to think that any of the three tribes could have been going to tribal tonight. We had the gabler Ellie stuff. On um, the yellow tribe, on the blue tribe, we had the Carla stuff, and then on the red tribe, we had the the fallout from last night's tribal, where you had the or the last time's tribal, where you had um, Jesse and Dwight's little schism and and trying to sort out where they stood going forward. So we had we felt like we had a, a reason to think that all three tribes could be going to tribal, and I love it when they do that. I love yeah. it when we go into tribal knowing where every tribe stands and who needs who needs their tribe to win. Well, and it really pushes us towards next week too. Is that now we're kind of set up that any anything can happen going into next week? Where if the blue tribe goes to tribal, we'll already kind of know some things there. Or if Gabler's tribe goes to tribal, we'll know kind of some where things are kind of set up there. Where, like last season, 
if Marianne and uh, Jonathan's tribe had gone to tribal, I wouldn't have known where, where anything was happening with that tribe because we hadn't seen them for two episodes. That's true. That's true. All right, Justin. Well, I, I've enjoyed it, and uh, let's get back together and do it next week. For sure, bud.